0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I lead a lot of um, groups. I'm very fortunate there's a few groups that I meet with from time to time, uh, monthly or um, on some periodic basis and we always have a check-in, I like to ask people, well, you know, what are you learning? How are you growing? How's the Dharma supporting you these days? And I, it's rare that somewhere in that check-in, if not more than one person, a number of, uh, of people, something like I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my practice. And saying it just from the heart, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my practice. These are such difficult days, and thank goodness I've got a way to get through this and to see clearly. And Anybody ever have that thought? The people who have their their video on, yeah, I mean, it's I say it to myself all the time, wow, can you imagine what it would be like to go through your life without having a clue of a way to hold your thoughts, a way to um get some perspective on things? a way to have compassion for yourself and the human condition a way to see through what's called papancha in the teachings we've talked about that i'll put i'll put that word in the the chat box it's a great word papancha let's see if i can do the yeah papancha the proliferation of thought where one thought comes into your consciousness and it mushrooms into a whole story and a whole world that we get lost in. Um, I mean, we can get lost in Papancha even if we're a longtime practitioner, but most people mm, are lost in thought most of the time. To see the practice gives us a, enough space so that sometimes we can see that where our view is just our view and just one perspective, that is a radical shift to even see that there's other realities besides my reality. I mean, of course, we know oh there's a whole lot of people out there who think differently than than I do. However, to see that your, your reality is just one reality as well instead of the ultimate reality of the truth, oh, yeah, if only everybody would see it like I did, this would be a fine world. But that's what most everybody is going around saying as well. So just to even see that we're all going around with different realities and to see we have a choice how to meet each moment that's one of the great gifts of practice. Things are the way they are. If you can do something about it, great, then do. But if you can't do something about it, the way I see it, you've got basically two choices. Either wish it were different and feel really frustrated with life or with somebody else or with yourself or see oh and this is how it is now how can i meet this moment wisely most people don't realize they have that choice to meet what is here in a different way than attachment or aversion and maybe even to see in a deeper way besides the the choices that that we can have to be fortunate enough to go more deeply into practice and to see um the goodness inside to see the buddha inside or the uh the christ within the the kingdom of heaven within whatever you wanna call it to see that underneath all of these habits and confusions there's goodness in here there's your true nature in here. I was talking to a friend this this last week who's gone through um, more than uh more than her share of Suffering, you uh, know, traumatized from an early age, over a period of years, in in uh, in ways that uh, that stretch my my reality. And she came to when she first started practice so wounded, and just kind of hanging on for for life, really. And she was talking to me the other day, and she said, you know, I really have seen, she just did recently a a retreat, I've really seen that inside, uh, she used the word stainless, there is something stainless and pure and good in here that can't be touched, that can't be tainted. And we talked about how being able to see that, then you can really do compassion practice, the Tang Lin practice, how when you take in the suffering from the world and it touches that stainless, pure heart, it's transformed into compassion. And we were both just going, wow, what a journey you've been on and how much you have to share. So when I think about this for myself and I look back on my own life, I've shared here before, how confused, how lost, how how much self-judgment and uh, self-loathing there was. Not really able to look in the mirror for most of my early life without wincing. Ooh me and to see and all the choices that I made somehow I lived through a minefield of possibilities and was fortunate enough to be exposed to practice and I wanted to talk particularly after that conversation I had with my friend about Amazing grace, the amazing grace of the extraordinarily good karma that we have to somehow have been introduced to the Dharma and practice it. And I wanted to, maybe as part of this, read to you the greater. The Great Discourse on Blessings, the Mangala Sutta. It's called. I'll put that. You can, you can look it up. Uh, Mangala Sutta. The Mangala means blessings, and this is the Sutta. And then we'll go into a a, a, a piece of it a bit more deeply. When asked to talk about the various blessings in one's life, the Buddha replied, to associate not with the foolish, to be with the wise, to honor worthy ones, this is a blessing supreme. To reside in a suitable location, to have good past deeds done, to set oneself in the right direction, this is a blessing supreme. As I'm sharing this, you might just look at your own life. To be well-spoken, fortunate to be well-trained, well-educated. Skilled in handicraft and highly disciplined, this is a blessing supreme. To be well caring of mother, of father, to look after close relatives, to engage in a harmless occupation, this is a blessing supreme. Outstanding behavior blameless action, open hands to all, and selfless giving. This is a blessing, supreme. To cease and abstain from unskillful actions that cause harm, to avoid intoxicants, to be diligent in virtuous practices. This is a blessing, supreme to be reverent and humble,
1: content and
0: grateful, to hear the Dharma at the right time. This is a blessing supreme. To be patient
1: and obedient
0: Mm. to visit with spiritual people, to discuss the Dharma at the right time, this is a blessing supreme. To live simply and purely, to see the noble truths and to realize nirvana, this is a blessing supreme. A mind unshaken when touched by the worldly states, sorrowless, stainless, and secure, This is a blessing supreme. Those who have fulfilled all of these are everywhere invincible. They find well-being everywhere. Theirs is the blessing supreme. Now, perhaps some of those weren't on your checklist. And maybe some of them you had a question. Hold on a moment. Wait a second. I don't know about that. Or what about this? And so I don't want to put this out as gospel. As the Buddha said, this is all an inquiry for you to see what rings true for you. But particularly those statements to be content and grateful to hear the Dharma at the right time. To visit with spiritual people to discuss the Dharma at the right time, that is to practice. This is a blessing supreme. I'll share a little bit of some teachings. And again, some might land for you and some might not. And so just, um, as the Buddha says, Ehi Pasiko, come and see for yourself and see what rings true and what doesn't, and take what's useful and leave the rest. But there is, uh, there are in the teachings, the notion of um, paramis or uh, purifications. Um, and there are two of these purities that lead to those two of hearing the Dharma and being able to practice. One is called um, purity of conduct, where it's said over the course of time uh, that if your karma is good enough, uh, you will be fortunate enough to hear the Dharma. And then there is purity of wisdom, which is if you are fortunate enough not just to hear the Dharma, but to be motivated and have a chance to practice and see for yourself purity of wisdom leads to that and leads to the the gifts of the Dharma, not just something that you read in a book and say, oh yeah, that makes sense, but something that you put into practice for yourself when i look at our lives all of our lives you know we are living extraordinary karma even to be born a human is extraordinary and in the scheme of things there is called the precious human birth it is extraordinarily rare to be born a human uh, and I always love uh, Wes Nisker's line from uh, Buddha's Nature. He's a good friend, a, a Dharma teacher who wrote a book, Buddha's Nature. Um, and uh, he says it's a lot scientific, science-based uh, Dharma concepts. And he says, right now, in your mouth, there are more living beings than there have been humans since the beginning of time. Chew on that one. And in your stomach, there's way more, way more. And when you think about all the possibilities of of having, having a sentient life, the human realm is said to be the best realm to wake up because even better than the heavenly realm because we have our measure of sorrow and joy and so we don't get caught in in just in the attachment of just saying oh isn't this wonderful and we don't get caught completely in the in the sorrow in the pain we have both so it's incredibly rare to be born a human, and there's all kinds of uh, uh, analogies that talk about how rare it is that I, I won't get into. But of the human condition, the fact that we're meeting here on a Thursday night and meditating together and sharing the Dharma, I mean, when you think of the whole, I think of the normal curve of human experience first to have good enough circumstances to have a screen in front of you, a laptop that you just click on your Zoom link, you know, that's in itself um, a blessed human birth. And to realize that happiness is not about getting as much as you want, and that's success, but there's a deeper kind of happiness. That's amazing, and on the on the normal curve of human experience, I'd say we are really incredibly fortunate. Now, I just want to mention a a, a couple of words about about privilege, because. Um, It's true that, you know, I am incredibly privileged and probably most here on this call uh, have doors open that aren't open to everyone. And so you can get into a kind of trip in your mind about, well, what about the karma of those who have um, not as fortunate circumstance? And first... I've mentioned it here before that not everything is attributable to karma. Karma is one of five laws. So it's not that, oh, they must have done something you know, unskillful to to be in a marginalized population. That's not how it works. And also, and the Buddha said, do not f- try to figure out why something has happened to you or anybody else. It's one of the four unknowables. He said, you can go crazy if you try to figure out why something has happened to you or anyone else. One of the four imponderables, along with the the beginning of of it all, the beginning of this world, uh, the range of a mind, of a Buddha and the range of a mind in the highest states of, of absorption, is trying to understand karma. However, something to keep in mind: what we might think of as a really privileged life, we often think, "Oh, being rich, that's great karma," or being famous, wow, I want to be rich and famous, or being uh, born with, um, with beauty, wow, and I think you don't have to think very much to realize that some of the unhappiest people are rich, it's heavy karma to be rich. Some of the unhappiest people are have a lot of power. Hungry, mad with power, drunken with with it. Some of the unhappiest people are famous. Most of the people who are... It's very rare that somebody can wear fame gracefully... And also, as we know, when you're really, um, when you have physical beauty, that has its own very challenging karma. I know um, a lot of people who this has been a, this is a, a, it's, it's a challenge to work with. So it's not to compare, oh, they've got it made. And some of the, Some of the happiest people I know only have robes and a bowl and not even, you know, food put in there uh, served to them. They have to go out each day and beg for it or lead a very simple life and or have had very difficult circumstances, but know about family and love and community So it's a kind of tricky thing to say, oh, they've got it made in the shade and uh, that's not. There's its own karma, each one of these. But somehow we, whatever our life that we've come from, have been exposed to the teachings, the liberating teachings. And not just exposed, but been drawn to it and wanting to practice. Because even just reading or hearing a talk doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be a, you know, a a Dharma student. One of my favorite names of the Buddha, one of his monikers, is he was called the teacher of those who could be taught. Even the Buddha... Even the Buddha would give the Dharma and some people would shrug their shoulders. Ah, kind of interesting or uh, I don't know. It's a little bit, bit too intense, too severe for me, you know. But when you hear it and there's something in you that says yes, do you remember? I hope you remember when that yes first happened oh, there's something here. I remember the first time, well, it was really, hmm, it was really reading Be Here Now, um, which I've mentioned many times before. And I read it. Well, first I read Autobiography of a Yogi, which kind of uh, by by, uh, by Yogananda. And the first couple of pages I said, oh, come on. It had like three miracles on the first two pages. Come on, really? Uh, And then by the 10th page, and there were like 20 miracles. And I thought, well, this guy can't just be making it up all along. He's talking about living with the truth. Hmm. Wow. Then I read Be Here Now. And it spoke to me like no other book did. And it just the, the Neem Karoli Baba, Ramdas's guru, is like it leapt out of the pages right into my heart. Wow. And then I heard, heard Buddha Dharma after wanting to meet Ramdas. And I said, Oh, I found what I'm looking for. I'm going for it. I invite you just to remember for a moment. When you heard that call, not just heard it, but felt it inside and said, yes, there's something here for me. I think I've found something. And maybe you had what's called bright faith. Or maybe you were just curious. But little by little, you kept on and here you are. Uh, on a Thursday evening, and maybe meditating on your own as well, or reading good books and one of the things that i 've seen the what the the gift of the Dharma is, this amazing grace has to do with our own um, legacy of the patterns that have been passed on to us we probably all have uh, had our own traumas in our own way or our own whether it's family of origin or other kinds of teachings that have uh, that have touched us or not not touches that have that have left imprints in our being that have that have been that have led to suffering inside and it's not so easy for most people who don't have a practice to somehow not be a slave to their the patterns that they've learned. But one thing that the Dharma does that I've seen again and again, this amazing grace is that somehow we don't have to be a slave to our neurotic patterns. And I, this came to me on a a retreat that I sat. I was just sharing this with my friend who was talking about her, stainless new understanding. Uh, I was sitting at a retreat. This is uh, oh about 20 years ago. It was when the forest refuge in Massachusetts first opened and it was the opening retreat. And I sat there for a few weeks and I was sitting in one, one sitting, I was sitting in my room and all of a sudden my family history came to me. Now, I'd been practicing for, mm, yeah, close to uh, 2003, close to 30 years by then. Um, So I thought I had replayed every single memory that there was to play in my family. I thought I knew it pretty well. Why this happened, why that happened, blah, 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 blah. But on this sitting, I saw my family with their quirks, with their habits, and, uh, and I love my family. Uh, there was a lot of love in my family, but there was also some dysfunction as well. And instead of saying, oh, God, why did that have to happen? You know, why did I have to be? exposed to that, well, no, if only they would have been blah, blah, blah. And then my mind went back to their families, who I, I just knew on my mother's side. I didn't know my father's family uh, at all, but I heard about the history. Pogroms from Russia and Ukraine escaping that, and having a lot of wounding from that, and I just went imagine going back and back and back from generation to generation, passing on their own trauma the epigenetic uh, inheritance and then I had my own version of it and but here I was. Sitting and seeing this whole history and over this scene of one generation after another, after another, the, a book title from Trunk Rinpoche, who wrote a lot of really powerful books. He wrote one book and the title came across this whole page and it said, Dharma's Without Blame. It's the name of one of his books. Dharmas without blame. You don't have to read the book necessarily because, but the title said it all to me. Oh, there's no blame here. There's just one generation and the next and the next and the next. And here I am with tools and a way of seeing that nobody in my past ever had. If my parents were sitting a month long retreat, things might've been a little bit different in their own habits, but that wasn't the way it was. And their parents and their parents, but I was fortunate enough to be sitting here and taking a look at this crazy mind and making friends with it in a different way. And it just, it became so clear that one of the gifts of the Dharma is to break the legacy of unskillful habits. And so I could take all the gifts that were given and as best as possible, not pass on Those other ones, although they're in me, so I know I've passed on some, you know, I am not not finished with my work and I have my own trips and my own neuroses and all, but it's a very different thing than what I was given. And my son, Adam, who, you know, is a deep, dedicated practitioner he was fortunate enough to be born at the time he was into a Dharma family. And you're, you're, if you have children or you have friends or you mentor people, they're fortunate enough to get the benefit of your practice. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that amazing grace? that you were born at this time and also fortunate enough to have a little bit of understanding for people who see things in a confused way, climate deniers or mean-spirited people who are taught to, fear the world and see it as dangerous and are run by fear. Just passing on their habits of what they've been, what they've inherited. And we are fortunate in better moments to see, oh, they are just wounded, very, very hurt and very sick at times people who need to be protected against but to have compassion for them just being products of their own their own upbringing and their own inheritance that's amazing to be able to see that a teaching that i've i've shared a number of times from the buddha transcendental dependent arising where he says suffering can uh, can lead to faith not always but it can suffering can lead to bitterness can lead to fear can lead to anger can lead, lead to hatred but suffering if one is given the right tools and body of teachings to hold that suffering can lead to faith. Faith can lead to gladness, can lead to happiness, can lead to peace, can lead to enlightenment. Let me ask, how many people have been motivated by their suffering to look for deeper answers and be on a spiritual journey? If that's so Yeah, everybody who has a camera on, yeah. That's how it works. We've been fortunate enough to somehow turn our suffering into understanding and compassion. Wow. And when you can see that, when you are fortunate enough to see that, then... You have a joyful responsibility, as Julia Butterfly Hill calls it, to give back to the world, to see that your gift can be passed on to others. This is a favorite poem of mine from Dana Falls describing this called Every Step Is Holy. The journey from the known to the unknown, from the unreal to the real is rarely revealed in advance. The potholes, detours, false starts, and quick retreats are each honorable and even needed in the bigger scheme, in the forest that can't be be seen between the trees. It took years for me to realize that the very twists and turns and shadows I labeled problems were really sacred ground, grace disguised as obstacles, the whole pass of pilgrimage, mysteries bearing themselves before me all along the way. So I, in closing, I just, uh, before we open it up, just ask you to reflect for a few moments on your own journey, your own mm, amazing grace, whether you call it karma or grace or good luck or whatever, that somehow... You have tools and a perspective and a way to see things and a practice that deepens that understanding and that compassion. Just reflect on your incredibly good fortune.
1: On your amazing grace.
0: And you might reflect on what first was your hearing of the call or what led you to that? Just looking back on your journey that could have gone so many different directions
1: that somehow you heard a call and are here on the path.
0: And having that good fortune, that good karma, that grace, the natural expression of that, that gratitude, is a generous heart that, that wants to share, that wants to help others uh, see things clearly and get in touch with their own goodness inside. That's what it does for me. See if that's there for you. And let that gratitude be a a source of um, inspiration that moves you to bring more understanding and kindness into this world. so we have some time to talk if anything comes up from that that you want to share or ask about
1: uh, you can
0: just either unmute yourself or raise your hand I uh, here's something by the way uh one person uh uh, put in the box before I opened it up to everyone. Uh, now the chat box is open, uh, but when I was saying, oh, what did it for you? And this this uh, Charmaine put, listening to Alan Watts for the first time. Why don't you put in for you what was a turning point in your own journey? We can just share a few. Go ahead. Come on, we want to hear from you uh, rather than this being a one way street. Right in the chat box. Uh, taking one of your courses. Oh, that's very sweet. I'm glad. That makes me happy. Listening to Tara Brock, mm-hmm. a Goinka retreat everyone has some story
1: and put it in
0: work burnout led me to discover the dharma via John Cabot's inn come let's form community here going to india Journey into my own imperfections, accepting myself. Uh, a talk by Ramdas in college. Yeah. And seeing how beautiful the night was afterwards. Shambhala meditation in the 1980s. Rogel in New Zealand. Ah, uh, lovely having an out-of-body experience at a silent retreat at Spirit Rock. Pema Chodron, Robert Aiken, The Practice of Paramita, copy of Bowen Sita Lozoff's book, We're All Doing Time, uh, led me to Ramdas. Mm. Workshop with Shinzen Young. Mm. Here's, I guess, from Linda, a question. How to take climate action without the anger? Uh, if, if that's a question, come on Sunday with me. Uh, and if it's an answer, bravo. Uh, growing up in nature and feeling a profound connection. Mm. Oh, two first Awakening Joy, uh, First Awakening Joy class in 2011. Wonderful. Everybody has their own journey. How incredible! Yeah. Oh, Eve singing. May we at a time I was broken. It's so amazing. It just, it's just at the right time. Just, just hearing. It's like, you know, Ramdas has this, this, uh, this teaching. The next message you hear will be the next message you hear. They're happening all the time. And you happen to be able to hear the right message at the right time. <sighs> Amazing grace. So any other thoughts? Anyone want to unmute yourself or ask any question or share any reflection? Reading Krishnamurti. Um, I want
1: to say that you're going to be really missed this summer. This summer, really. I, I, what am I going to do <laughs> without that voice in my ear?
0: Uh, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Charmaine. So good to have you here, and that I, I do hope that you, that you come, you know, Eve is, is such a beautiful presence and the people that I, uh, that I'm inviting uh, may Elliot and Alexa R- Redner and um, um, Ramona, they're, they're people that I really believe in and, and support. They all have something really good to share so that's the beauty to see how many different ways the Dharma can be expressed and, and, and touch us. So um, I hope you keep on coming. Uh, I hope you, uh, you're you willing to turn your camera on when you come because it really makes a difference. And I hope you uh, support them with, uh, with good dana. And um, yeah, hope you're, I hope you're here when I come back. <laughs> in august <laughs> <laughs> anyone else otherwise we'll uh, will end with a with a song i have a song let's just do that and uh, there's just one song that that makes sense for me to sing and I want you to sing it with me. And I'm pretty sure you'll know the words. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing grace. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but everybody has to mute themselves. Uh, Otherwise it sounds weird, but I do want to see your lips moving. If you're, um, if you have your camera on it's, it's cause I don't, I'm not so much into performing, but I love to sing with people. So please sing with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, and I, I, I say, uh, instead of that saved a wretch, uh, that just doesn't, never landed right for me. So it's uh, saved a, a soul like me. Okay.
1: Mm.
0: Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a soul like me I once was lost But now I'm found T'was blind, but now I see. 'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. 'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. And grace my fears relieved. How precious was that grace! Appeared the hour I first believed. Amazing Grace, amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a soul like me. I once was. Lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amazing Grace. Don't lose connection with that. Don't lose how much life wants to support you if you let it and uh, share your love. Well, you might take a look at people on the screen and wish them well and know they're wishing you well. So let it in. And finally, we can just take all of our good karma good fortune amazing grace and being here tonight whatever good comes from it let's just share it with the world for all beings everywhere and for the benefit of uh, this beautiful planet Mm. thank you for listening